As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. My name is Rick Renner, and I want to welcome you to Home Group. We've been waiting for you. And when I say we, I mean me, Denise Renner, Paul Renner, and Joel Renner. We're all here. Hey, guys. Hi. Welcome to Home Group. Thank you. It's so good to be with you guys. Here we are, Denise, with our sons, except one in Phillips in America, where he's doing his ministry, and we're so glad for him. But hey, we're glad that we're here all in the same space tonight. Yes, it's great. And I want to welcome you, Home Group. Yes. Home group's a little bit different than the daily programs that dad has been doing because in the home groups, uh, it's mostly questions and answers. So it's mostly just us talking and responding to your questions. So please write questions. It helps when you write questions. Actually, we're responding to all your questions. You've written to us about healing, about demons, about so many different subjects. And so we're trying to devote our home groups to answering your questions. And like Paul said, if you have questions, send them to us because we'll get around to them to answer them on home group. But tonight we're going to be talking about how to study the Bible. Many people listen to my TV program because I'm a verse by verse teacher of the Bible. And many people ask questions like, how do we study the Bible? Brother Rick, how do you find all those things that you teach us in the program? Where do you get all that history? People ask all kinds of questions, and they are just great questions. If we can answer your question, we will. If we can't, we'll say, we don't know. We're going to be honest with you. But I want to recommend that you go to our website, to the store, and that you order the study guide called Foundations of Faith, What You Need to Know to Become a Mature Believer. There are six foundational doctrines in the New Testament that you have to know to become a mature believer. This is a 10-part series. It is amazing. Guys, am I impressed with the study guides? Oh, they are impressive. This is one of the 70 pages. 70 pages. Denise, tell our home group how much time I put into these. Hours and hours and hours. And, and you know, I really believe, and I believe the Lord impressed this on me. This is like Sunday school lesson, and you can have this. It's, it's just so great because as you read it, as you study it, it gives you an outlet to put the Word of God in your heart even deeper. Like this one is called a transplant that will save your life. Ay, 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 this is so powerful. I deal with the Greek word apotithemi, ruparia, Perisos, kakia, imfutos, prautes, sozo, all these Greek words that are so imperative for you to understand, which you can't read if you don't read Greek. I read Greek, so I'm going to help you here. It's all here. It's all here. It's like a banquet laid out for you. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to know the Bible better, if you want to know how to study the Bible, what a great place to begin this series called Foundations of Faith and... I want to tell you also, it'd be good for you to get Sparkling Gems in the Greek, number one. This is 1,120 pages. Look at that. You know what's amazing about this? I wrote this in 60 days. How in the world did I do that? I don't even, when I think back on that, I don't know how I did that. I started writing on March the 1st that year, and by the middle of November, it was typeset and it was in the bookstores. You know what's more amazing to me? That's amazing is that almost every daily Sparkling Gems has a story from your life. It does. That's 365 stories, two books of them. Well, and if you already have number one, then you need to order number two. And I'm not trying to sell you books. We're talking about studying the Bible. 
these books were written for people who want to study the Bible and they want to go deeper. They want to go below the surface of Scripture to really pull treasures out. And so if you say, well, I need something to help me study the Bible, there is no better place to start than right here. Sparkling gems from the Greek. I know it looks huge, but you just read one little piece a day. Mm -hmm. And every day I will walk you into something marvelous, give you some questions to think about, even give you a prayer to pray or confession to make. So this will really help you on the subject of how to study the Bible. This is a great place to start. All right. So, and you can, besides buying the book, you can also sign up for the daily Sparkling Gems email. Yeah, you can get it online, but just get one little piece every day. A one piece a day is a lot already. And uh, when, and I know that you may not be prepared to answer this question. Are you talking about Sparkling Gems number three? I was, but I'm going to change my question. Uh, R.I.V. What is R.I.V.? Oh, Paul Renner, you've opened the door. And what about the lexicon? All right. Do you really? Do you guys want to know what is the R.I.V.? Oh, yes. Should I answer this Please question? Please do. Okay, I quote the R.I.V. all the time on my daily TV program. R.I.V. stands for Renner's Interpretive Version. I was taught to read Classical Greek, which is the foundation for New Testament Greek. So the R.I.V. is my own personal version, my own interpretation, my translation of the New Testament, which I call a conceptual translation. And by the way, I've never heard anybody else use that phrase. The New Testament is filled with images, with pictures, with concepts. So when I talk about the R.I.V., which is the Renner's Interpretive Version, it's not just a word-by-word, -word, it is a conceptual translation, trying to carry the concept of the words into a full version. And I love it. And little by little, I'm developing it. Several books of the New Testament are already ready, but the whole thing is not ready for release yet. But one of these days, the RIV will be ready for people to have. It's quite a big work. It's a huge task. And Paul asked lexicon? about the lexicon. I did my own lexicon a couple years ago. And on my lexicon is a lexicon basically is a Greek dictionary, which shows you every place where that word is used in the New Testament. But I have written my lexicon with modern terminology, with all the history for every word, and then pull it into modern words so that we really understand what it means. But those are still in the works. It's all, well, it is. It's continually, even when it's published, it's still in the works. That's right. Okay. But if you guys would comment, this is home group. We want to hear what you think. If you would comment or like this video so more people will get it, I think that would be phenomenal. Amen. But Mama, if you would start us off with prayer, that would be smart. Okay. Father, thank you for your presence here with us. And Lord, your word says that if we draw close to you, you will draw close to us. And Lord, right now, with our home group, mm -hmm. we draw close to you, Lord. Yes, we do. We open our hearts. We open our Bibles. We open our spirit, Lord, our souls to understand you, to know you better. And we're drawing close to you, Lord. And we thank you for that promise that you are drawing close to us. Watch over every word we say. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So we're going to talk about studying the Bible. So the first question is from Becky. And she's asking, where should I start reading the Bible? Well, any place is good, but most people recommend that you start with the Gospel of John. It's a great place to begin. I would just start in the book of Matthew. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, start in the Gospels, read through the Gospels. They will just feed your heart. I personally believe that you should read the Gospels and probably also the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is filled with so much healing power. When you read the book of Psalms, it restores your soul. It brings you strength. It brings you comfort. And so if I were you and I was just beginning to read the Bible, every day I would read one Psalm. If it's a short one, maybe read two. And I would begin reading the Gospels. I would just start in the book of Matthew, read all the way through the book of John. That's how I would get started. I well, recommend reading the commentaries before it, most Bibles have a small introduction before chapter 1, verse 1. Yeah, they do. Very helpful, like extremely helpful. And when you read that little comment, sometimes it's just half a page, depending on the Bible you're reading, or if you're reading a uh, study Bible, it could be a couple pages. Of course, you can read books about the books of the Bible, but uh, those little commentaries really help me, give me context as to when this was written, who it was written by, who it was written to, and that way I understand a little bit more about why, for instance, the four Gospels are different and why there are four Gospels. That's, that's where I like to start. And um, another thing that I do is I read the Bible once, th once through every year, and usually uh, I read it once through chronologically, meaning at how the Bible was written, like not all of Genesis and then all of Exodus and then all of Leviticus, but you go from Genesis chapter 1 to verse 10 and then you skip to Job. You read all of Job and then you get back to Genesis chapter 11. Okay, Do you so have a chronological Bible? Well, that's like there, way over my no, head. There is a chronological Bible that you can buy. But Paul, I really like what you're talking about. We're, we're talking about people getting started. I think you just presented something really complex. All right. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be too difficult. That's very difficult. I, 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 okay, stop. What I recommend is that you contact us and we'll give you a Bible reading plan. You can go to our website and it's there available. We have it. We'll make it easy. Don't be scared by what Paul just said to you. Yes. Paul's been reading the Bible a long time and what he's talking about is really smart if you know how to do it. Don't start there. That will scare you. Start with a simple Bible reading plan and contact us and we'll get it right to you. We would love to. That's what we're all about. Okay, Joel has a question. Okay. <laughs> Joel, what's your question? What are you guys reading right now? Um, well, let's start with Denise. Well, I'm in the book of Mark and finished the book of Mark and went into Luke this morning. Okay, Paul? I'm reading the Bible all the way through. So what are you reading right now? Right now I am reading Leviticus. I hope you have a good time. I am enjoying it. All right. Dad, what are you reading? I'm reading Exodus, and I am loving it. Mm -hmm. I am just devouring the book of Exodus. Now, I, I read different things in different ways. For example, for my daily TV program, Denise told you that I study a lot. I study hours and hours and hours and hours. All those Greek words that I share on the daily TV program, you don't just pull them out of the air. You have to really work to get all that. So I study every day, and I write every day of my life. Every day I write. You know, sometimes people say, Brother Rick, you're writing books faster than we can read them. Well, that's because I'm writing every single day. It helps me with my faith. It helps me with what I believe. And my brain needs that kind of activity. But in addition to what I'm providing for other people to eat, I'm reading the Bible for me. And I do that every morning. 
And right now I'm reading the book of Exodus. Okay. I'm getting so much out of it. Wow, it's amazing. Okay. Those plagues, ay, 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 it is amazing what happened. It is amazing. What, Paul? I, I think that's important what you just said. There's, there's different types of Bible reading. Yes, there is. Uh, and there are different seasons in Bible reading. There are seasons where you need encouragement, and the Psalms are perfect for that. There are seasons where you need instruction, and the uh, Pauline epistles are perfect for that. There are seasons when you need healing and you need to know the character of God and the Gospels are perfect for that. Or Psalms. Or the, or the Psalms are perfect. Anybody struggling in their emotions should read Psalms. There are seasons when you are, need wisdom and Proverbs is perfect for that. I love Proverbs. I love Ecclesiastes. Uh, so there, there are different types of seasons and there are seasons when you're ready to dig in and read and study and sometimes, sometimes you read large volumes. Sometimes you don't. Don't get hung up, hung up about it. There are different seasons, and in, depending on what you're reading, and depending also on how much you're reading. And there could be seasons where you read the same thing every day. But you know what? What's important is that you read. Yes. You know, if what would happen if you don't ever eat? If you die, you, you would become mal malnutritioned. Eventually, you become weak. You'd become susceptible to disease. You would die. It's amazing to me that people feed their bodies, but they don't feed their soul and they don't feed their spirit. Jesus said that man does not live by bread alone, bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We have to view spiritual food just as important as natural food. And to be honest, when you're in the ministry, you can backslide quicker than anybody else because you're in the business of ministry. It can just become routine to you. Even those that are in the ministry have to really make a concrete decision. I'm not just going to read to get a sermon for somebody else. I'm going to feed me. And many, many years ago, Denise and I worked for a Baptist pastor. And he had a rule that I adopted in my life, and his rule was no Bible, no breakfast. Hmm. Sounded a little legalistic. It's not a Bible rule, but it made sense to me, and I adopted that in my life. And my rule to this day is no Bible, no breakfast. Why would I put natural food in my mouth before first I put spiritual food in my mouth? I'm going to make the Word of God a priority in my life. That does not mean that I have to sit down and read the Bible for five hours. Of course not. Many mornings I don't have time to read much of the Bible. It might be a chapter. It might be two chapters. But I'm going to put the Word in me first. That really changed my life. It'll change your life too. Amen. That's wonderful. Well, let me tell you what I do. Okay. We want to know. Oh, thank you. I, I read most books from page one. And so usually I start the Bible from page one. And right now I'm reading Genesis. And I'm finishing the story about Joseph. And I am just loving it. It's such a real story and wonderful story. It's just, it's wonderful to read. But Susan is asking, what books are most important to read out of the Bible? I think all it's all it. important. All of it. But if you had to choose one by one book or several books, which one would be the most important? I don't think I can say that. It's it's all important. Now, if you if you probably I would dwell on the New Testament because we're believers, uh, New Testament believers. But the Old Testament is the whole foundation to the New Testament. They're very connected. So, Susan, I just want to say again, you need to get our Bible reading plan. And let us help you get started. Just follow the plan. You might say, well, but you know, I tried to follow a plan. It didn't seem too exciting. Well, you know what? 
you probably don't see a lot of growth in your life day by day when you eat food either. But day by day, you get stronger and stronger and stronger. And when you take the Word of God into you day after day, after routinely as a part of your spiritual diet, it begins to affect you over a period of time. You get stronger. So contact us. We'll get that to you. I use the Bible reading plan because it puts me in a position of submission. And accountability. Accountability, submission, and it forces me to read something that I probably wouldn't have naturally chosen to read. That means that I'm putting new information in my heart, in my mind, and I'm going to be, and I'm going to be receiving something from the Lord that I would not have received if I would have read the portions of the Bible, portions of the Scripture that I most naturally lean to. Now, some people say, I don't want to do a Bible reading plan because I tried that once and I messed up and I never caught up and I felt so judged and condemned. Well, just get over that. Start nobody's, again. Nobody's condemning you. Nobody's condemning you. Just pick up where you left off. Or just jump to the present day. Just don't get under judgment. I was God's not judging you. I, it's, it's, it's not so you'll be accepted by God. It's so you'll be strong. It'll make you better. I was on my fourth time reading the Bible, and and I got into Daniel. Stop. I got so, I got so into Daniel chapter one, chapter two. I was there for months, just meditating on what was there. So you see, I stopped. I have not moved from Daniel. Now, see, I can't do that. I could never stay in Daniel chapter 1 for months, but I know you do that. Oh, I do. I do. I just eat it and eat it and eat it and meditate on it and meditate on it. It's just it's just food to my heart. But I think for most people, having a daily Bible reading <clears throat> plan gets them started. Oh, I love that too. And there are different types. It doesn't have to be a whole year plan. It could be a 30-day plan. It could be a 15-day plan. It could be a Christmas reading plan. It can be sparkling gems from the Greek. Excellent. This is a Bible reading plan. This will help you. Yes. I and mean, you just follow it every day. Well, Bruce is asking, how do I deal with distractions while reading the Bible? How do I not get distracted from you know, reading throughout the Bible. What do you mean by distractions? I don't know what Bruce means specifically, but I think what he's asking is you can get distracted throughout the year from sticking to your plan. How do you how do you create a schedule, a path to follow to stay consistent with the Bible? Well, for me, the decision, no Bible, no breakfast, it solved all that problem for me. It means I, that's the first thing I'm going to do in the morning. That means that you did never make room for a distraction. Just read it. Just put it in your heart. Take five minutes. Take two minutes. Take ten minutes. Whatever you can give it, get it done first before, before you check your emails because that's a big distraction. Before you look at your text messages because that is definitely a big distraction. In fact, the Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 5, verse 2, In the morning, Lord, I will look up. I learned a long time ago that if you don't look up first thing in the morning, something's going to happen real fast that's going to take you down. Mm -hmm. And so I made the decision before I look at anything else, I'm going to look up. I'm going to look at the Bible. I'm going to take it into my heart. That's going to be first. No distractions. Then you can be distracted by everything. But not this. This is going to be first. It doesn't mean that the morning's more holy. It just means you're being smart. You're putting the Word into your eyes first. And when you put the word into your eyes first, you'll look up rather than look down. Mm -hmm. Making it making it a priority, 
making an appointment with God. You make appointments with other people throughout the day. You discipline yourself to do other things or make it a priority. Well, nothing is going to feed you more than your time with the Word of God and in His presence. And you know what? Making that a priority yes. is going to change your life. And not depending on your emotions to do it. It's like brushing your teeth. You don't say, do I feel like brushing my teeth? You brush your teeth. You just build it as a fixture in your life. You get up, you read your Bible. You just build it like a fixed thing in your life. And you don't deviate from it. All right. Well, we're all in different phases of life, and so are, so are you who are watching. Some of, you know, sometimes in life you don't have a lot of time to study the Bible. So what do you, how do you study the Bible if you don't have a lot of time to do it? Well, first of all, that's a lie. People have time for what they want to do. That's just a lie. People waste more time than they realize. They waste time talking on the phone. They waste time surfing the Internet, looking at Facebook. And then they say they don't have any time. First of all, you have to get honest. You're not going to do this unless you're honest. How much time do you waste? Facing, uh, surfing the Internet, looking at Facebook, doing Twitter, all these things which have now filled our personal private spaces, they just eat us up. You have to say, you know what, the Bible's first. And that's why I think it's so important to do it first in the day. Get it done. And man, you're going to start your day awesome. Mm. You're going to start your day thinking the thoughts of God. You're going to start your day feeling like you did what was most important. Just do it first. Just do it first. Do it one minute. Now, if you're just starting to read the Bible, don't say, I'm going to sit down and read 10 chapters today because you won't. You won't do that. Then you'll fail and you'll feel bad about yourself. If you have to start with a verse, start with five verses, start with a chapter, do something that's measurable that will make you feel like you climbed the mountain and you conquered it. And then you can grow. But start that way every day. Does that answer that question? I think it does. Mom, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I was thinking about young mothers that have all these children and and it's and it's just they just demand your attention. And and you'll have if you make whatever time you decide five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you decide. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I would do more than 30 seconds. I can't get anything in 30 seconds, but maybe you're different. But to make that time, then you are not, nothing's going to be stolen from you. You can't give to God and him not give back more to you. It's You're going to get more done in your day by spending that 15 minutes or 10 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever it is, five minutes consistently every day, you're going to get back more mm -hmm. than you gave. That's right. All right. Shirley is asking, how can I better understand the New Testament history? Paul, <coughs> Ephesus, Rome, how it all comes together. Where do I start to know history, the Bible history? Paul, how would you answer that? I think there are several resources available online about the Bible and about how it was written. Not to advertise, but one great one is called The Bible Project. Great guys putting out fantastic information, informative, easy to understand. I love it. I think that it's, it's cartoonish. It's 
It's so easy to follow. That's magnificent. Uh, and you know, go, I mean, you can you can go back to their old explanations about the different where, books where, of the Bible. Oh, where do they find it online? On YouTube. Go to look up the Bible Project on YouTube. Great guys, and they explain it in such a simple <laughs> way. And they're putting out all kinds of new videos all the time. That would be my first place to go next. Uh, you know, if you find something that's more interesting, like uh, an explanation of the life of Paul or, you know, more detailed, you can just research it. You'll find it. You know, there's another website called BibleHub.com. Wow, it is amazing. It has so many commentaries. It's got Greek. It's got everything there. And I'm not trying to promote myself, but watch me because I share a lot of history in my daily TV program. I share a lot it's, I mean, that's a lot of information. And, you know, somebody recently came up to me in one of my meetings and they said, we want to do what you do. Actually, this is what it was. A woman said to me, what is one book where I can find everything that you know? Oh, <laughs> I said, I have no idea. I don't know if such a book exists. I've been studying. 40 years, 50 years, 50 years. I've been saying I'm full of it. And so it's hard to find everything in one source but listen to people who know a lot. Yeah, I do that. What do you think commentaries are? It's people who've done study. You can eat from their fruit. So just find those sources and begin to study. And um, if you want to have a list of good references, contact our ministry. We can send you a list of really good recommended references and commentaries that we use. Be a great thing for you to do. That's right. I have a question. I heard Joyce Meyer and I really appreciate her. Joyce is one of our best friends. We love Joyce. She's wonderful. But she said, you know, if you had a problem in your life, you would find a solution to that specific problem. And she said, studying the Bible is no different. I hope I'm repeating her correctly. She said, if you have a problem in your spiritual life, study that problem in the Bible and find your solution for that situation. How do you study topically? How do you, how do you choose a topic that you need to help with? Say it's finances. How do you choose to study finances? Where do you, how do you start that process? And do you really need to? Because there's so many people who have done that for you. Well, I th there's, you, know, you don't always need to reinvent the wheel. Some people have already done the work. So if you want to study what the Bible says about finances, then find somebody who's written on that subject. If you want to study what the Bible says about health, find somebody that's good on that subject. I mean, there's all kinds of people out there that God's already equipped with all the answers. Mm-hmm. Find those sources and go for them. Any Good question. Any other comments? To me, it, I like to do the groundwork. Uh, reading, a, you can go online, you know, 15 verses about and pick a subject. I mean, you can find so many web pages out there with 15 verses about a certain thing uh, or, or 100 verses about a, a certain thing. That's pretty easy. I like to do the groundwork myself because that's what builds my faith. What do you mean by groundwork? When I, the Bible I read uh, has all kinds of additional commentaries. And so when I click on a word, it opens the Greek definition and it shows me where else that word is used. And I click on the next verse and I keep following and following the links. And, and then I go, okay, I got gone too far there. Go back to the verse again, read the verse before, read the verse after, read the whole chapter again, realize that this is in context with something else. Find a similar place in the Bible that says the same thing. I, I like to do that so that I personally have a better understanding, uh, not, not just using someone else's uh, 
microwave dinner. Uh, I want to be able to use... You want to do the research yourself? I want to do it myself. You know what? Along that same line, it's very important that you study verse by verse. Well, that's the next question. And that's that's what's really on my heart. There are a lot of good topical preachers, thematic preachers. But when you study the Bible verse by verse, and by the way, there's very little verse by verse teaching of the Bible going on these days. That's not a judgmental statement. That's just a factual statement. There is marvelous topical preaching, amazing thematic preaching where people take a theme and they exhaust the theme. It's marvelous. I like it and I devour a lot of it. But when you do a verse-by-verse teaching of the Scripture, it requires you to look at everything. You know, we who are charismatic word of faith, we love certain topics, but when you do verse-by-verse, you're required to answer everything. You have to look at everything that's in there. And what does our faith really say? It embraces everything. And it's just really good for you. And it means you've got to use your brain. You've got to think deeply. It's so good for you. And I believe that's my call to teach verse by verse and not just verse by verse. My call really is to teach word by word. I believe in word by word teaching of the verses of the Bible. It's healthy for you. It's really healthy for you. And it forces the whole church into a discipline. Because if a pastor will do this, it will take that pastor to a new level in his spiritual life. It really will. There's nothing like the verse-by-verse study of the Scripture. Well, Jessica's asking, she likes verse-by-verse teaching. Okay. And she's asking, how how does she do it herself? How does she start looking at a verse and researching that and doing the next word and verse-by-verse? How do you start that process? Oh, wow. How do you start that process? Well, you need to start probably with somebody that's already done it. If you don't know how to do it, you need to start with some kind of a guide or a commentary. But be careful what kind of commentary you use because there are a lot of people from a traditional viewpoint that don't understand miracles or faith or the supernatural. Some of them even talk it away. So you need to see whose commentary you are studying. You need to make sure that you are studying somebody who is a person of faith. Now, I've discovered that as, I, as I'm studying the Greek and you look at the Greek definitions of the biblical the biblical Greek, different uh, dictionaries or different lexicons actually have a different twist on the way what, on the, what they think this word in this <coughs> particular context means. So use more than one for sure. And as you begin to study, okay, okay but that's not helpful. So somebody's listening. How do they know which one to use? I mean, to me, that's very confusing what you just said. I'm sorry to be confusing. I use more than one. I have books on at home. I have uh, excellent Bible that I use on my iPad. I, I mean, what? Be more practical. What do you use? I don't remember the names. Well, that's not helpful. I'm sorry. I don't that's remember okay. the names. We're just being a home group. Uh-huh. We are. I think Bible Hub is really helpful. Biblehub.com. And they have set, they have a lot of those dictionaries right there. A lot of those commentaries. It's it's really trustworthy. Um, I like it a lot. I just want to, Paul, I'm not trying to say you didn't do good. You're doing great. I just want to make sure we give, And I, also I don't read, want to give confusing answers. I also read the Bible in English and in Russian. And then there are totally different commentaries in Russian. And it's like adds a whole new different light to it. So I'm, I'm reading a lot of different. Okay, can I raise another question? Yes, please. Sometimes people ask, and maybe I don't know, Joel, maybe somebody's asked this question. What is the best version of the New Testament? That's a great question. 
Okay, every version has problems. The only version that doesn't have problems is the original. And that's because everything else is a translation. Well, when you live in another country and you speak multiple languages, you understand that translations all have problems because it's somebody trying to interpret in their words what the original said. So when you look for a good version, you want to find somebody who really has the ability to well interpret what the original said. And so that's why sometimes you see the versions that kind of express things differently. It doesn't mean they're wrong. They're just trying to express what they see the original says. There are some versions that I really like. Now, when Denise and I were young, mainly everybody had the King James Bible, and then something came out called Living Letters. Which the Living Bible. The Living Bible. <clears throat> the Living Bible was first released in little parts. It was called Living Letters. Finally, it was compounded together, and it was called the Living Bible. Oh, I love the Living Bible. It's green, a little bit padded, soft, wonderful. Then I underlined every verse of the New Testament. I did too. And then in I the couldn't New remember Testament. why I underlined it. I mean, everything was underlined. I couldn't <laughs> tell why I underlined that's, it. That's what my Bible looked like. Oh, oh my gosh. But <laughs> the Living Bible was not a translation. No. It was a paraphrase. <clears throat> a paraphrase is just stating the Bible in your words. Just mm -hmm. paraphrasing it. Mm -hmm. a, a translation is a translation from the original language. And there are several that I like. For example, I really like the New Living Translation. I think it's very good. A lot of people these days are using the Passion Translation. I think it's very good. I don't agree with everything in the Passion Translation. But I think generally that man has really done his work. It is a very good translation. I really like the RIV but the RIV is not ready for release yet. The RIV is amazing, but it's going to be huge <laughs> because it's not it verse like... by verse. It's a conceptual translation. It's going to be huge, but I'm telling you, it's going to be meaty when it's done. <laughs> so I like the New King James. The New King James is good. The Classic Amplified is good. I don't like the New Amplified that they just came out with, but the Classic Amplified is very good. So there are some really good versions out there. Well, tell us what you use. Yeah, what do you use? We'd like to know what you use. That's great. One person asked, Ron, he's asking, I need a Bible reading plan. I don't know where to start. How can I get a Bible reading plan? Well, we've already answered that. Go to reader.org and we'll send you one. Good. Uh, D is asking, I would like to better understand when I read the Bible. I often desire to, to do a deep study of a chapter or a whole book, but I don't know how and do not know where I, I don't want to error in my doctrine by studying incorrectly. So Can if you I want say to something there? Power. Well, now, I study, but most of my study really is meditation. I just meditate and meditate on what that verse is. And there's so much benefit to meditating. And Joshua chapter 1, verse um, 7 says, well, it says that, it, it, do not turn away from the, the Bible, meditate on it day and night. This is verse eight, sorry. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success so when i mean and and talking about studying meditating it's all 
putting the word of God in our heart and letting it <laughs> transform <coughs> our soul and our mind. Okay. And it's going to bring success. Okay. When I hear the word meditate, I think of some person saying they're going, mm, something strange. What does meditate mean? What do you mean by meditate? Well, okay. For me, I know that the Holy Spirit lives in me. I know that he is with me. I know that he's on me. And so he's involved with me while I'm looking at his word. And so I just, I just look at it and he talks to me and he says, he says, look at this and look at this and look at this and think about that. And so, so it, it forms <laughs> in me what I receive from the word. I just think we need to be careful because certain words don't mean a lot. Meditate. People don't even know what that means. We think about transcendental meditation. That's not what we're talking about. Well, meditate means to chew upon, to think about. That's what I'm asking you, to really yeah. deeply think it over. To internalize. Okay, let's talk about the difference between me and you. Okay. Okay, the question was, how do you study a chapter? How do you study a verse? Okay, in our house, here, here's me, here's you. We do it very differently. I read Greek. So when I read the New Testament, I don't read it like you. I dive into the original language of the New Testament, and most people listening to us in our home group today cannot do what I do. I know that. They can eat what I do, but I, they can't do what I do. So if you want to study, because I watch you all the time, studying, 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 I'm amazed with what you come up with. I don't know how you do it because we use different kinds of tools. You'll walk away just so enriched. What do you use to study the New Testament? Let's talk about the New Testament. The New Testament. Mm -hmm. Well, that book that you gave me that has Greek words in it. Okay. But it has a lot of English in it. It's called the Linguistic Key to the Greek New Testament. Okay. Well, so I'll go there and I'll look up a verse in there and I'll think about it. Okay. Think about it. Okay. But I expect the Holy Spirit to talk to me while I'm reading his word. Well, he does. And he does. Hmm. Okay. I hope that helped. Well, let me ask another question that I think is very important. Wow, we're almost out of time. I know. I want this to be our last question. But the question is, how do you read the Bible to your children? How do you, where do you start to make, it needs to make sense to your kids. What version of the Bible do you read to your kids? Paul, how, how do you, you do quickly this? quickly answer that question because you have four kids. Yes, I often read the Bible to my children, and I especially use events like Easter and Christmas to sit down with them and talk about and read Christmas or Easter texts. Uh, so when the kids are younger, I use a children's Bible. As the kids get a little bit older, I begin to read for, uh, for, uh, from what is the Russian synodal version because I read the Bible to them in Russian. <clears throat> so it's different as they grow up. And so when the kids are younger, you read a children's Bible, you look at the picture, you ask them what's in the picture, you ask them what you talked about or what you read from the Bible today. As you get a little bit older, maybe they can read a portion, maybe they can each read a portion of the Bible, and you can ask them questions about what they read. Interaction is always very healthy. So it changes as children grow up. My older kids are getting to the point where now uh, it needs to be them reading for themselves instead of me reading for them. So it's a Process. progression uh, that you have to be constantly involved in as parents. One of our goals is to help our children grow in faith, and so we need to teach our children to read the Bible. You have to give a love for the Scriptures to your children. I remember when I was a child, my mother would read me the Bible, and she made it so much fun. 
My mother gave me my love for my Bible. My mother would read me Daniel in the lion's den. Oh my gosh, she made it so living. I just wanted to step into the Bible, and that's who I still am. You have to give a love for the scriptures to your children, but guys, we're out of time. We have to end. But I want to remind you to order the study guide called Foundations of Faith. And remember that if you have a prayer request, we want to hear from you. And if you have a question, please send it because we will answer your question on one of our future home groups. But this has been great tonight. And I want to remind you of Ecclesiastes 8, verse 4. It says, where the word of a king is, there's power. There is power in the Bible. This is the word of our king. And when you take it into your life, it will release its power in you and it will change you. And I speak that to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you in the next home group. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.